What's up, everyone, and welcome into the first episode of the Ten Drop Podcast. My name's Ian, and I'm accompanied by my good friend Charles. Yeah, um, fear these on all the social media and Twitch websites. Usually, it's fear underscore these when it comes down to it. Um, my Twitter's fear underscore these underscore. I'm going to be a lot more active with One Piece on there coming up soon. Starting this uh, Ten Drop Podcast. Uh, with uh, Luffy TV or the Luffy TV? The what Luffy, do you prefer? Yeah, yeah, the Luffy TV on uh, Twitch as well as the Luffy TCG on YouTube. And yeah, the YouTube channel has basically just been a lot of videos of gameplay as well as box openings and um, sort of my thoughts and ideas of you know growing as a One Piece player in some of these uh, competitive tournaments, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I saw when you cracked open the uh, the manga uh, ace. Oh yeah, the manga ace. Yeah, was... you you added a little short of that, and I was just <laughs> like, oh, there he is, and you're just like handshaking and everything. I, and... It's funny because that's my um, you know that's my first time ever pulling a chase card in a in mm-hmm. opening up a TCG. Like I remember as a kid, I opened up you know some Yu Gi Oh cards or some Pokemon cards, but I never pulled one of the chase cards. Like I never had. I ended up eventually trading a friend for a blue eyes white dragon, but I never pulled one. And it's mm-hmm. just like it's such a different feeling when you pull something like that. It's it's absolutely incredible. No, it, it definitely is. And when I pulled one, it was the last box that um, our local shop, the booster box, had on shelf. And it's just like, oh, is that the last one piece box you guys have for you know this week or whatever? And it's like, yeah. It was like, all right, I'll go ahead and buy it. Cracked it in the shop, and just like it was like the fifth pack in. I cracked it. Manga, like, manga Shank? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Manga um, Ace. Oh, you got the Manga Ace. Yeah. Oh, very so nice. So I immediately just parlayed that into a couple other boxes and then some money in my pocket. And now I have a decent collection where I feel beautiful. I'm pretty close to building like every deck that I want to play. Oh, that's nice. awesome. That is awesome. That's the beauty of these games is like not only the playing aspect, but just the collecting aspect has been absolutely incredible for me. Yeah. Although I'll alternative arts um definitely are making me more of a collector like back when i was playing magic and i was a pro tour qualifier grinder um i wasn't really into like foils and whatnot in magic and all the special cards but now it's just like seeing this stuff and it's just like ooh, like that looks really cool and really nice and i sort of want the better cooler looking things now but it also could be like i'm 15 20 years older now yeah yeah so it's just like i just want the nicer things now oh they killed the artwork though on these yes they yeah. really did they did they definitely have but uh speaking of you just said that you picked up that box from the booster box here in virginia beach booster box has been nice enough to sponsor this podcast and uh some of our future episodes so if you check out shop.theboosterbox.gg they will do international shipping uh, for almost every single every single that you can possibly want from the One Piece TCG, as well as some of the booster boxes themselves, like Paramount War. And I'm not sure, I haven't looked myself if they have any more of the, uh, what is it, OPO One Romance Dawn on there, but I know for sure they do have the Paramount War boxes listed. And if you use 10DROP, code 10DROP at checkout, you can get 10% off of your purchase. And that is 10DROP in the discount code. 
Yeah. Make sure it's one zero and you don't actually spell out the T. Oh, yeah. Ten, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm no, over here fine. dropping but T-E-N drop. <laughs> they also sell other uh, games as well. Uh, they have all Bandai games, so Dragon Ball. Um, what's the new one that's about to come out? Battle. It is or, or Lorcana, or is it the no, Dis- it's, it's the Disney one? Is that no, 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 no. no. It, they just had the release not too long ago. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, yeah, I know uh, Digimon Battle Spirits. Okay, yes, that's what it is. Battle Spirits. Yes. that is the brand new one that's coming out. That's right. I want to say that Lorcana just came out. That's the Disney one. If I'm no, not mistaken. I, th- I think it was coming out in winter time. Oh really? Like fall winter oh, of this year. Oh shoot. Okay. I just keep um, hearing so much. But about they're that. they're selling they're going to be selling that as well or that's the plan. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um and they also do Magic the Gathering Flesh and Blood as well. So again, mm-hmm. shop.theboosterbox.gg 10 drop 10DROP for 10% off your orders. Yeah. And I tell you what, like their shop inside is impressive. I I uh one of the owners Ian was kind of blown away. <laughs> When uh when I came in, I'm not a huge Digimon person, but I just saw the amount of Digimon that they had in stock, as well as One Piece. I mean, the, the amount of One Piece mm-hmm. they have is no one has nearly as many uh, boxes as they do. I mean, they are they are absolutely stocked on that. Yeah. But I I looked at all the Digimon cards and I said to him, I <laughs> I said, "Wow, that's a lot of Digimon." <laughs> and he looked at me and said, "That is exactly." The answer I was looking for, or the reaction I was looking for with having this case and like all the singles and and packs and starter decks and all that stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, right, well, I'm happy I could help. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty great. I've known uh, Medina and Chris or Chris Medina and Ian for about 20, 24 years now. Oh, wow. And um, the fact that they opened a card shop locally, uh, plenty of room for events. They yeah. plan on doing bigger events for One Piece and other tournaments as well. Oh, yeah. I'm excited um, about that. We're working with them to create a website as well. It's called Turn1TCG.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about to go live sometime this week. Uh, just waiting on the logistics of it, of importing websites and everything like that. But that's going to be dope where... Ian is going to be writing on there. I'm going to be writing on there. I got Kaido Corner. Um, we're going to start doing like a metagame breakdown or, you know, just like little things here and there about the the competitive side of playing One Piece and everything like that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, with that, this episode, we're just going to jump right into what we're going to talk about. And it's essentially what we think is the metagame right now in competitive One Piece. Yeah. And I, I, I see we have some very similar but also slightly differing um, ideas of what are the best decks currently in the meta. I mean, obviously there is one that we have interestingly strong opinions on uh, how we differ about uh, that deck, and that would be the Strawbeard deck. Is It has been performing extremely well at some of these regional tournaments, and players just seem to be, I mean just absolutely making it to some of these top cut uh, regionals as well as I would imagine some of the treasure cups coming up in May um, using this deck. Now, my personal opinion of it is that it is one of the top decks. It is that like, I would say an S tier deck for sure. However, I, uh, my personal opinion is that there is that Zoro Kinemon and law with the correct pilot will outplay or outlast the strawbeard engine and i think that your opinion differs on that if i'm not mistaken <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't i don't know if it 
So all decks are beatable if you play tested enough and you know your outs. Mm -hmm. You can definitely turn like a 40-60 matchup into pretty close to a 50-50 if you're a really good matchup. True. And from what I hear, um, Law is pretty good against both Strawbeard and Zoro. So it's like those yeah. decks are beatable. And I almost want to put both those in the same tier almost because mm. it's just like the red decks, they're playing what? pretty close to what 20 ish of the same cards 25 relatively yeah yeah it's i mean every every single one of them's rocking nami otama you know it's gonna have a arguably a differing amount but mostly almost you know always having three or four nico robbins um every, all of them are running the uh curly de dawn now I mean, just mm -hmm. searching for those one-cost uh, cards is so valuable, especially for Law. That's been the biggest um, upgrade to Law for OPO2. Yeah, and just to get back to the Strawbeard decks, um, I mean, Whitebeard is just such a good leader in comparison to everything else. You mm -hmm. start with 6 life, you start with 6K. Yeah, 6K power. And so it effectively Scary. turns all your 1K counters into 2Ks when it comes to attacking and, and countering. Um, and the fact that you draw a card every turn yeah. and effectively the, that ability doesn't kill you because like you have zero life, you just can't draw anymore. You don't, you know, it's not like magic sure. where there's like an enchantment that says take a point of damage and draw an extra card mm. every turn. Very similar to this, but this is free. This is from turn one, you're drawing an extra card. Yeah, so, I mean, those extra resources are what definitely makes the decks extremely strong. Mm -hmm. um, I think that where where the beauty of that deck comes from is in that leader ability and the leader having 6,000 power. That's what makes that deck unique and strong enough to where it can contend with everything. Um, however, I, th I do believe that there's a lot of work to be done for players over the upcoming you know months uh before opo3 comes out that players will start to realize there is a way to play around that draw a card um and just swing for life you know and to play around that that strategy of strawbeard and i think that that comes in the form of you know taking a lot of 6k swings at the leader making them burn all of their counters and resources as often as possible, uh, clearing board when you can, but really just boiling down to, you know, effectively pulling resources from Whitebeard's hand because their hand will be so saturated mm -hmm. with all of the uh, cards that they get, not only from the turn draw, but their life. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a terrifying deck to play against, but um I will say that Zoro does a pretty darn good job. No, Zoro, I. It's kind of funny because now the Zoro list is super low to the ground, super yeah. like go wide, yeah, um, with all the one drops in it, and I mean that's essentially the next one in line for me is Zor like Strawbeard would be number one. Mm. Zoro, I mean essentially one A and then one B is Zoro. Um, and I would say that these are the top two decks right now, mm -hmm. just not on the fact of power, but consistency. And that probably lends to power too, but also with how many people are going to be playing the decks yeah. as well. Like this is something where I saw someone stream a Zoro deck 
and win the online regionals. He ended up getting ninth. He played four Zoro mirrors, and he played against two straw beards. Mm. So it's just like these are decks that you definitely have to be prepared for, know the matchups, know what cards are good, what cards are bad. Uh, Zoro, um, given the for all the magic nerds, a glorious anthem effect. When you put a dawn on it, it gives everyone plus 1,000 uh, attack mm-hmm. or power. Um, that's really strong, especially when you're playing a bunch of one and two drops across the board. Yep. Therefore, you don't have to... It saves you a dawn per character that you play. Oh, yeah. To, for the attacks and everything like that. And it helps you control the board and everything. I mean, you're more or less just getting free swings mm. out of a lot of these one-drop characters without having to use much of your... Uh, your dawn or your energy and um and that just allows you to freely put on you know one to two dawn per character and start swinging five six uh at your opponent's life Mm -hmm. and at your opponent's characters and it's it's a it's an onslaught it really is i mean yeah because like they i when i was uh watching it and then i played some of the sim it was just very impressive like how like I played like I have four characters on the board, and then it's just like okay, I can either start KOing characters to play more, or I can just start using the Don to start attacking with everything and yeah, controlling the board and then just start attacking their life. Where all of a sudden, like turn four, they they're at two life and they're just sitting there like, all right, this is my life right now. Like, what do I do? Like, mm-hmm. do I have to like, where do I have to mitigate this board? Like, what creatures are the big uh? issues and then all of a sudden like you got three drop zoro coming in with rush and then it's just like oh man like it's just it's a very effective deck very consistent and it i mean that and strawbeard are just the two like we're essentially in a red winner yeah where it's just like if you're not playing one of these decks you better have a good deck that can beat these decks consistently and and speaking of which i feel as though one of those decks that can really hang and can contest against the Strawbeard and Zoro matchup is Kinemon. Uh, Kinemon is extremely strong right now with uh, with that eight drop Oden card and using some of the the new additions that Green has gotten in OPO two. I mean, just uh, from the eight drop SR alone, that card has probably created more value for Green than even Kid did, and that is mind blowing to me. I think that Kid is yeah. like we we all thought in OPO one. My goodness, this is the card to beat. Like, how do you play around this card? Sometimes you got to have the perfect hand, or you got to have bodies on the board that are already ready to swing at something that is effectively, you know, the the only blocker that you would ever need. But now with Kinemon, you have essentially attached yourself a eight drop Kid to a five drop uh basil hawkins that's able to swing twice uh for only resting three dawn and then on death just playing an okiku a rizo or an Izo for free i mean it's it's invaluable it's unbelievably good and it it helps it definitely is and um the funny thing is like with kinemon becoming such a good consistent deck where um it's able to drop a three drop turn one on the draw, it sort of values you choosing to play second now. Like it's becoming a, it's yeah. becoming a real thing. And I think there's another deck like that. Oh, smoker, 
Mm-hmm. When you play against Smoker, you want to be on the draw to sort of throw off their curve and yep. not be consistent with them. But with Kinemon, um, the big thing is dropping a Kiku, turn one, really big, uh, or even Rizo. Yeah. And then um, the funny thing is, like, uh, uh, what was it? Um, the one-drop searchers sort of flip-flopped with Kinemon yeah. coming in. Like, Bonnie was the number one one over Momo. And now you have Momo. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now Momo's the king because he can get the bombs. Yeah. And it does feel bad, like, if you're still playing the seven drop, like, you know, you got to put that at the bottom when, you, when you're when using Momo a little bit more aggressively. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Kinemon's still Kinemon. Um, I've seen some versions playing Law. Um, I'm playing it out right now. It seems solid because of the value that you get off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a blocker. Um the deck needs some kind of protection because you don't have a lot of counters. Yeah. Um, the new uh, was it Yamato? Yeah. Is it Yamato? My, Yamato. Yeah. Yamato. The, the, the four drop. The four drop. Yeah, yeah. The four drop Yamato is that just card's really good. Oh my goodness. And then you also get an additional one uh, one drop blocker. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about that Toki. blocker is it has a counter, unlike mm-hmm. uh, was it Capone? Yeah, Capone doesn't have no a counter. counter. Yeah. So. Toki sort of gets a little bit more value. I'm I'm playing three of each in the version that I'm playing right now, and yeah, I don't know if I want to play four of one of them, but I definitely feel like if I would play four, it'll be four Toki and then two Capones because of the counter aspect. The deck does not have a lot of counters. Yeah, the counter value is is uh, incredible for Toki, but also just the fact that you know. You run four of those Odins. You run four of those uh, Yamatos. They're easily searched by Momo. You also this is this is what I personally love to do when playing some of the Kinemon's, uh, you know, deck on the simulator is I will run also uh, an additional two of the five drop Yamato from OPO One, the secret rare. It is an absolutely incredible card. And it combos really well with that Kozuki Toki blocker because, I mean, Yamato, Mm. I think it's so... You know what I love about that card is I think it's so amazing that this One Piece TCG has taken stuff from the story of One Piece and made it relevant in the game, in the, the card game. Because in the show I, I know you're not caught up there yet yeah but, i'm still on episode six or seven yeah <laughs> <laughs> not in wano quite yet but there's um in the show yamato is a uh is a girl that says she wants to be uh kozuki odin and she wants to be kozuki odin so bad that eventually she just declares herself i am kozuki oh, odin that's pretty slick and I so like that. it's yeah. so cool that in the cards it will say uh, this character's name also counts as Kozuki Odin. Which, I was I was wondering about yeah. that because it's like, um, say like magic, there's like a legend rule which that doesn't um take effect here. You can have four all four of your copies on the board at the same time. Oh, okay. Where in magic, if it's a legend, um, legend whatever, mm-hmm. you can only have one copy of it. Oh. So I was wondering, I was like, why does it say that? And then I found Toki, and I was like, okay. Um, it's sort of there's some synergy there, and then I just never knew the backstory, the lore of it, and yeah. now it's just like okay, that makes a lot of sense, and that is really neat. The that, honestly, the lore is really neat, mm-hmm. the, and you know, going not to stray off of Kinemon, but to stay on the topic of the lore. Very interestingly enough, one of the decks that we were about to discuss as well is the Law deck, and it is really neat that his ability in the show 
is, uh, well, excuse me, one of his abilities, not the only one, but one of his abilities is to be able to uh, take an object and swap its location with another object. So mm-hmm. he would uh, he would say, let's you know take this uh, lamp in the room and swap it with my water bottle here. And he could basically change their locations. That is why Law's leader ability is called Shambles, is because that's his ability in the show, is to be able to switch their locations. Okay. And so he's able to swap out the characters on the field for another mm-hmm. character, which I think is, for me as a fan of the story and a, a huge fan of One Piece, is incredible to see Bandai doing them including aspects of the characters themselves into the card game and I think that that's just it just makes it even more fun for me yeah <laughs> no I can definitely see that and I, I'm like I said like when I have enough time I'll sit down and just, yeah. just gotta binge because it. I, I got one to six when I have a good amount of free time but then it's just like I'm, I'm a real estate agent and I've been busy on weekends mm-hmm. so a lot of my free time is just random here and there. And then it's like, you know, just other priorities sometimes happens. Um, but um, we're, we're pretty much in agreement that uh, Strawbeard, Zoro, Kinema, and Law are like the top four decks. Yeah, I think that Law is one of those that it's, it's teetering between S and A. Like it's like, a, it's like a tier one, but potentially a tier two deck. And the reason why is because Law is the one deck that really relies on having an incredibly good pilot it's uh it's not easy to play that deck yeah because there's there's so many different lines yeah that you can take the where you feel like it's good but then like three turns later it's just like oh i shouldn't have done that i should have played further ahead it it is definitely the chess deck of the metagame right now oh 100 percent. yeah like you, you have to prepare like several turns in advance um where like Zoro, Strawbeard, and even Kinema at times is just sort of like, all right, you just play things on curve and just, you know, go face and then board control. And, you know, it's pretty much an easy game from that point where Law is just very much like, okay, you have to like make sure you use your blockers correctly. Yeah. Um, sometimes you take a hit. Like I think I've seen almost every Law game um, that I watch on stream or in person, they usually always take the first hit. Oh, absolutely. Like, even with the yeah. blocker out there, they're just like, I'll take that. It's absolutely. Like, right. First first like, one's almost free. It's yeah. it's almost guaranteed free. I mean, just uh, <laughs> Law is really just looking for Nami, uh, looking for Bonnie. And uh, Bonnie is is arguably the most important, I would say arguably, um, just because Bonnie allows you to find that five-drop uh, Trafalgar Law character. And that is... That, that card is so important to the deck's success. And without it, uh, essentially, the engine just doesn't run as well. And that's why you have stuff like Curly Dadon in there, though, to find the Bonnie. Uh, Bonnie to search the Bonnie again. Take the life to potentially draw into Bonnie. You got a mulligan for Bonnie. Bonnie's just too good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, the, the deck got Dadon and Vista as like the two major upgrades to yep. the deck. Like you replace Killer with a better kill. Yeah. Spell because I think Killer only did on Rested. Only on Rested. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that you can just pop any 3K. So, like against Kaido, you're popping all their two drop defender or blockers. Mm-hmm. Um, just combo it with Otama as well. You know, Otama, sometimes it feels bad to play out of hand because it's a 2K counter. But in law, it doesn't feel bad at all. You put Otama down, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you have five on your board. 
you play Vista, you know, swap out and play Vista and then, you know, play five drop law and bring back your Otama to save for the next yeah. turn. I mean, the combo is, is I mean, just with, unbelievable. Yeah, with the shenanigans that you can cycle through, you can play Otama twice. Oh, the yeah. same Otama can be played twice, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're killing bigger creatures. Like, what did she give? Minus three? Uh, minus two. Minus two. Okay, mm -hmm. so you're killing a 7K uh, power yep. character, which is which is still huge. I mean, that's all the kings. Massive. Yeah. That's a seven drop. That's almost all the Luffy's that are being played right now. Yep. I don't think there's a big smoker. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, if there is a way for you, I mean, if you have two Otamas and you shambles one of them, you could end up killing Odin with yeah. a Vista, you know, but realistically you would, you would, you know, be running uh jet pistol in that deck. So jet pistol is probably more likely the option to happen. But uh, sometimes like it's, it's nice that you have that sort of like that chain or yeah, that engine in it where you're just like, you're just reusing your creatures, returning them, and it's just like you get so much value out of all these coming to play effects right. with this deck. And um, yeah, so like I feel like Law is probably if you are a very good player, you could you have a chance to win a tournament or top sixteen, whatever the cut is, mm -hmm. to beat Zoro, Strawbeard, and the Kinemon decks. Uh, I think Kinemon might be a good matchup for Law. But it, it, it's also dependent on pilot. Like, yeah. yeah I think it all boils lines. down to, for law, is mm -hmm. pilot as well as luck in being able to get the right cards that you need. When you search, you know, bricking feels terrible. Not getting uh, a card that you need off of Dadan, terrible. Not getting, you know, a five-drop law or, or, like, maybe a 2K counter mm -hmm. from Bonnie, terrible. It's... That's where the card uh, or the deck seems to have its uh, own worst matchup is if it's not able to draw well. It, it seems like it's it's hard to miss though. Like the Strawbeard decks that play um, the Dons or even um, yeah. Nami seem to miss a little bit more yeah. than the Law deck. Um, but that's also based on the build as well. Um, it's sort of what it is. Um, but I mean. It's never a good feeling when you're whiffing oh, on yeah. search, and that does happen from time to time. So it happens to me every time. <laughs> essentially, we have those four decks at the top tier. That's I, we, we both think that those are the four most powerful decks for sure, for sure. And then the next tier down, you pretty much have the next of like I would say competitive decks. Uh, they can they can handle some of these. In the top tier, they just have their matchups that it is unfortunately going to be a little more lopsided than, you know, a fair run at it. And uh, that would be, you know, I, I see as we have very similar ones here would be Ivankov and Smoker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Smoker, the main reason why Smoker's at the top of this uh, category for me is that there's a lot of Smoker players out there. Yeah. Um, even though this deck's not really like top 16 that often or mm -hmm. a lot of copies that could just be the numbers of being it being played. But I mean, like yeah. there's one regionals where I think it was like the second or third most played deck. And there's only like one, maybe that top 16. I do remember one making it to top 16. And well, I, that was actually, the, that was the webcam one. Yeah. I'm talking about the one before. That oh, weekend. you're talking about gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Cause okay. those numbers aren't out yet, but the numbers for sure. Um, the weekend before, I think they're, uh, March night, yeah, we're in April now. So March nineteenth, 
Okay. Um, there's a bunch of regionals, and there's like Smoker was like the third most played deck. Really? That's mm. interesting. I would love to see how the turnout or yeah, the turnout for some of these Smoker placements would be. I wonder. I wonder when that information will drop. That'll be really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I, I tried you know reaching me. out to Top Cut. You know me. I'm a smoker player. You are. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> like, going second seems to be important for smoker. Um, so when It's almost you, a must. Yeah. So if you're playing against smoker, always on the draw. Um, doesn't really seem like a bad thing for, like, straw, straw beard, Zoros, mm -hmm. because then, you know, you're sort of getting, like, you're hitting your curl like a straw beard. Like turn two, you're dropping your four drops. Right. Because I think the deck plays like six to nine four drops. Yeah. And they're all the six K vanilla. Yep. Creatures because I think there's three different of them. Yeah, I mean you you can arguably run the uh, the promo red Luffy or you can run the Frankie. Either one doesn't mm -hmm. matter. They're both searchable. You could run both if you wanted to. But yeah. I think that some people in the Strawbeard have been running. Uh, Instead of both of them, they'll run Atmos, which is that OPO2 vanilla, 4 cost 6k. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, they'll sometimes run that instead because they'll be running Marco as a blocker in there. And that's just a card that they can trash. But it is sad to trash because it's a, it's a counter. But I've just seen, I've seen some builds that it, it makes sense why they were running it that yeah. way. So going back to Smoker... Mm -hmm. Like it's definitely the, it's it to me it's only top tier, or it's at the top of this section because of how many people play it. So you have to be prepared for it. You got to know how to play against it. Sure, um, it's really annoying um, with the anti KO cards. Mm -hmm. um, but then like discarding cards to be able to KO things. Yeah, really is like the biggest disadvantage of this deck. Look, as somebody that has played Smoker since set two and starter deck six came out i can comfortably tell you that i know the power of this deck and it can contest with i would say two two and a half of the uh, uh of the top decks it can contest with uh strawbeard it can contest with law it's mm -hmm. kind of a toss-up with kinemon kinemon's a little more favored but uh it is just unfortunate against Zoro. And the reason why is because what you just mentioned, you're trashing cards to KO and a one drop, e a, a one drop, drop essentially. <laughs> like yep. And, and your, your opponent is just, uh, as you described Zoro earlier, going just wide with the board. They have, you know, four characters out and let's say you're able to clear the entire board, but you trash two cards in the process and played two cards. So now your hand is probably nothing or maybe one or two cards in hand. The, the next turn, they just play four more cards. You yeah. know, they play Nami, they start searching stuff. They play Dadan, they start searching stuff. A bunch of other stuff. And you're like, well, I tried, you know? Yeah, I, I saw um, Miko when he was streaming Zoro. He played against a smoker. And his opponent discarded 10-drop Kuzan. And he, he discarded it because he had another one in hand. Yeah. But he ended up needing both of those cards. Both 10-drops. Like, he needed to go 10-drop, 10-drop. To really? win that game, and because he mm. didn't have the follow up one, he he definitely lost the game. I don't remember exactly what how it was, but he does have all the videos up on YouTube, mm. and it was just like really like impressive that like Zora was just able to like just go through it and that simple discard. Um, that's what, I mean. That's one thing that I like about One Piece. Like 
there's pivotal turns where it's just like this one turn is going to dictate how the rest of the game is going to play. Yeah. And all because you have two Kuzons in your Kuzon in your hands, mm. you think like, okay, I'm going to be good if I discard one. And then it's just like, oh no. Yeah. Like I definitely needed that one. I can imagine the situation that you're painting. It's probably Zoro had a white beard or uh, just played Newgate, the character. And he already had his 10 drop down. And then he, if he had a second 10 drop, he could mm -hmm. have just KO'd the, the new gate and then been in a pretty decent position. But yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. I can, more, more I can literally paint the picture that you were. <laughs> so uh, another deck in this uh, format that I have is uh, Doflamingo. Mm. Um, and I have the other blue deck, Ivankov. Yeah. I think both those decks are pretty good on value. Yeah. Uh, Ivankov's really good at turning through its deck, especially once you get the stage going. Mm -hmm. um, it's consistently drawn two cards. And Doflamingo's got value where you put in four drops into play on turn two. Yeah. When you attack, um, luckily, you know, if you play, um, what's the one drop's name? Uh, um, Perona? Yeah. Yeah, Perona allows you to take yeah, a look set, at those. Set your deck up and everything like that. Yep. And it's just Doflamingo and. I sort of group these together because like they seem like super value decks where it's like, yeah, like maybe Ivankov should be a little bit higher, but there's definitely a lot more. Well, there's one where um, I think Doflamingo or Ivankov in one of the regionals was like a lot higher than Doflamingo. Sure. Um, just because like you're just able to cycle through all your cards and everything like that. I'm looking at it right now. So the most played decks in this one regionals this year. Was it uh, PPG webcam re regionals? Sure. Um, Zoro at first with 147. Kinema was 114. Newgate was 55. Smoker was 44. And then Ivankov at 29. And then Doflamingo was all the way down at 11. Hmm. Total played. Um, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Law had 28. Kaido 28. So I, th I think those were pretty standard numbers. Um, yeah. I think it is interesting that uh, Doflamingo is, uh, or excuse me, was a probably one of the uh, like top contenders for um, you know being one of the more interesting and methodical decks in OPO one, mm -hmm. and now going into OPO two, it seems as though there's just not enough of the cards that gives the Doflamingo leader value that were added to the to the card pool. And I think that that will be something that I believe we talked about this actually on Saturday is that I believe Doflamingo will be uh, a leader card that will be sticking around for a very long time. Although I did put it a little bit lower than Ivankov. I, I think that Ivankov at the moment just has some of the better setup uh, using, you know, the two new uh, blue uh, SRs that came out in OPO2. Uh, using Emporio Ivankov and the Monkey D. Luffy uh, combo is just unbelievable. Yeah, so it's, it, it, it's really good. Like, they just play two monsters at the price of seven. seven. Cost. Bounce then, back a four cost. Yeah, and <laughs> when I was playing Kinemon against it, like, it was just so hard to keep up. Once he, like, once um, Shaheen was just doing the chain over and over yeah. again, like, he was just set up for that. And it was just, it was really hard for me to, like, try to keep up and then like essentially if i don't have an eight drop against them like the rest of my decks is pretty vulnerable because they're playing the nine they're playing uh 
Dracula. Is that? Yeah, nine, uh, Dracula Mihawk. Yep. Yeah, Mihawk. Yeah, that and, card is very good. And it doesn't bounce them. It gets rid of them. Like, yeah. Putting it underneath Straight the deck the is such a strong uh, ability for sure. Yeah, I feel like after talking about it, like I probably put Doflamingo a little bit higher than what it should be. It probably should be down the next tier with the Kaido and Z decks yeah. on my list. That's um, where that's where I put him is uh, just a little bit lower mm-hmm. with Kaido, and I had um, I actually and that's interesting, you know, is that this is something that you and I swapped around a little bit. Is I had Dofi a little lower, uh, you had him a little higher, and you had Z a little bit lower, and I had Z a little bit higher. I think that Z is one of those uh, is one of the decks that is competitive. It's very competitive, but its its biggest flaw is that it has two issues. One, four life. It has four life. That is just so tough for Z. Because it sort of plays like a, a control deck. Like yes, it, it very plays, control. It feels yes. like it plays like a smoker deck. So it's Absolutely. just like starting one less life than a normal smoker deck. You're already at, it feels You're like down a disadvantage. Bad. <laughs> yeah. You're down bad. Where like smoker sort of likes drawing that, that yep. extra life. But the, the one thing that Z has in the advantage of versus smoker is the card draw. Uh, the Z has queen uh, blocker that allows for card draw. It can give, uh, I mean, there's other forms of searchers and uh, that you could use in purple, but granted, you wouldn't really be using those in the Z deck because you're not really running an impel down engine in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, are, there just are opportunities that purple gives for uh, Z to have more card draw than smoker. But the other problem that Z has is Z is reliant on one card. Without the one card, your deck is essentially nothing. And that one card is the 10 drop Kuzan. You have to have it. Once yeah. it's on the once it's on the field, you are looking so good. I mean, the deck is almost, I would say arguably, almost unbeatable once you have 10 drop on the field because just using leader ability, you're able to take out an 8 cost or, or or excuse me, a cost or less card for the cost of four dawn, and then you're also using uh, Kuzan's on playability, taking out a five or less. Mm-hmm. You're using um, you know in combination with the other cards that you run in the deck, such as Sakazuki, and um, you know I've seen people run Kobe. I personally don't think Kobe's a good card for Z, but that's just me. And uh, yeah, there's just there's endless possibilities that once you have that ten drop down, it's great. But that also is your worst enemy. Yeah, like if you have a hand of two of them, it, pretty early on, it doesn't feel good. Um, you essentially like I feel like Z is like a Kaido deck, where it's like you have to have the right cards in the right order, and yeah. you have to sequence them correctly to be able to get to ten drop and have ten drop be effective. And the Z deck, it feels like you have to play four, where the Smoker deck, you can get away with playing two. Yeah. Yep. Like, two to three. Two to three. Two to three. I I haven't played it, but just looking at the list and seeing I've uh, personally played around with Mm -hmm. having two uh, 10-drop Kuzans in the Smoker deck, and it feels good. The only matchup that it doesn't feel great up against is uh, Kinemon. It is... Kinemon, yeah. Kinemon it, it's not like you absolutely 100% need 10-drop Kuzan, mm-hmm. but you want it. If you have it, 
it makes the matchup so much easier because if you're able to manage having one of their eight drop um odin's taken down by sakazuki or to bring him down uh low enough cost that you can kobe him then if you're able to play that 10 drop kuzan the following turn mm-hmm. if that once they have another odin down it's much more manageable after that taking if you don't have 10 drop down taking care of the seven drop captain kid blocker the eight drop odin and you know just some of those bigger cards is extremely frustrating yeah and uh yeah so i can i've run two it feels good i think three feels best but um z four yeah. you have to run four. you have to you have to run four. and if you don't draw that card you are dead in the water <laughs> yeah and that that's sort of the reason why i sort of put it like in the underneath tier with kaido right like i think those two and i can respect that those two decks should be like essentially hand in hand with i can respect the draws that. and the play style and everything it's just sort of like you sort of get what you get and it's like all right hopefully i hopefully i don't die before <laughs> yeah. i can do my thing yeah. um you also have kid in this uh, I, in this I like do. range like so what do you i mean king kids a really powerful ability mm-hmm and if you have Odin out there with a kid, then all of a sudden, like, just for six Don, you're swinging. You're swinging four times. Four times it's almost two cards. Yes. So I think that this is just my own personal thoughts, and uh, you know, if you guys differ, or if you if you personally have any uh, different opinions, you know, please. I think that Kid inherently is actually the better version of Kinemon. However. However, people are enjoying Kinemon so much because it just has a much better start. So the way that I would describe these two decks, their differences, are that Kinemon starts stronger early, but finishes poorly at the end. Whereas Kid starts off a little poorly at the beginning, but then finishes extremely strong at the end. I... I don't know if Kinemon finishes poorly because all the Kinemon decks have effectively four eight drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and all four of them are essentially the same ability as Kid, slightly better because you don't have to discard a card. Yeah, the tough part about Kinemon, though, is if your opponent is able to manage your eight drop and able to KO your eight drop at the let's say mid game when you play it down for the first time on curve right mm-hmm. you play that uh odin down if they're able to manage and take care of that then the later that you get into the game you're most likely i will say more than likely going to have probably two characters on board so now your kinemon ability is useless your leader ability does not do anything because you now have two characters on on field. Mm-hmm. And when you have those two characters, I personally would prefer at the very end of the match to have two swings with my leader versus having an ability that is arguably useful, but not really as much as when my opponent didn't have 10 Dawn. So with the leader ability, I could... I mean, it, what you just said about like having a strong start but mm-hmm. poor uh late game yeah yeah i mean kinemon is not really a la- that ability is not really a late game ability yeah the only way that's l- good late game is like you know if you if, if it's you just a wiped. big board yeah it's a big <laughs> board control matchup yeah 
and then you guys are just trading pieces here and there, and then all of a sudden you're like eight drop for seven. Yep. Go. Yep. And then just like oh, um, the eight drop is pretty good. Um, Odin is just really a great card where it's just like you can just attack with it once, ready it, and then just say go. Yeah. Just like all right, cool. Like you can't deal with it. Uh, yeah. Kids and kids' ability is still really good. Um, I'd argue that it's the best ability in the game at the moment. I really uh, would. I think it's. I still think that that leader is probably the strongest, if not, I would say the second strongest leader uh, ability in the game. It's just unfortunate that it doesn't synergize as well with the current Kinemon setup as Kinemon does. But I would mm-hmm. be, I would actually be very interested to see very minute changes from a top Kinemon deck made to have Kid as its leader. So just very minute stuff, you know, like, um, for example. I mean, really, it's almost like you could play both and just be fine. Yeah, um, more or less, just swap it out. Because you're still playing all the key cards. Um, they're not, the new Kinemon seem to not play Basil and they're playing yeah. Uh, Law yeah. in place of that spot, which sort of makes sense. Um, like Kinemon? Yeah, and Kinemon. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, they're dropping Basil. Yeah, they, well, Basil's dropped, yeah. I've seen, I've seen, I think that Law is right now uh either loved or hated by kinemon players it's uh, i've it, seen it doesn't l- have a counter so that's where it's just yeah. like with that in your Yamamoto. Yama, yeah yamato yamato um it's just it's so brutal with how many like counterless things mm-hmm. but i i effectively think that like you just take the same list and just put either kid or kinemon there mm-hmm. you know they're like the decks will run both very effectively very clean i i feel like you don't really miss anything or get anything new or different with either ability. Yeah. Realistically. Now, maybe with kid, you can sort of go more of a supernovas thing, but like with the a drop being Lanawana, you know, you're just going to play Momo anyways. Like Momo right. is just slightly better. Um, Yamamoto is Lanawana. So yeah. therefore you get more hits off of her or off of Momo. So, I mean like you effectively, I think you can just play either leader and be fine and they're fairly interchangeable it, yeah and yeah. it'll probably play out pretty close to the same i think that the law would actually feel a lot better in kid versus it feeling better in kinemon i think that the law is just it it gets more it get you get more value out of uh being able to put down some of those like you were saying supernovas mm-hmm. uh for kid versus in kinemon where you're mostly just running for uh, Wano cards and so you're not really searching for the law and I don't know it's I just think it's interesting that was the reason I had kid up here is because I, I think that it, it will be it will be fun to see in some of the upcoming treasure cups and regionals if there are any top kid placements because I think we're still early we are still very early in the OPO2 meta I mean we we've had in North America one two I think we've had four four to five regionals mm-hmm. so we're about to hit the treasure cups yeah we're about a month in, in may um so we're going to see what everyone's fine-tuning we sort of have a decent metagame right now yeah and deck list to play against so it's definitely interesting we got we have three regionals offline and then we have four treasure cups all online in may which i was able to get into two of nice nice i wasn't able to get in any of those but i ended up just pulling the trigger and going to texas yeah so mid-may i'm going to be out there 
Um, what part of Texas? It's in um, God, I just looked it up this morning. It's like Arlington. Dallas. Arlington. Oh, Arlington. Yeah. So I don't even know how, where I'm flying into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get this and then just go there and have fun. Um, and uh, just to go back to our metagame breakdowns, essentially, like after talking about it, Doflamingo is definitely in this tier. Yeah. We're not going to go over each deck, um, but Doflamingo, Kaido, and Z are in my pretty much like playable, but like yeah. you're a fringe deck. Like you should. Like I feel like it's just for fun. Yeah, like <laughs> you're there. You're like I'm a big Kaido fan. You're trying something. I wanted. Out. I'm trying to make Kaido work. It's not yeah. working very well. Not yet. But it like there's definitely some options. You mm-hmm. got to tweak it. And who yeah. knows? Like if I can make my Kinemon matchups and Law matchups a little bit worse, but then make my Zoro and Strawbeard yeah. matchups better, then I'm all about it. Because, um. But those are just fringe decks. These are just fringe. Like, you can randomly make a good run in it with yeah. good draws. Um, Magellan, you have Luffy, Magellan. Yeah, I have Luffy, Luffy. and Magellan. I put I put Luffy just because uh, Luffy realistically is kind of going back to the Kinemon Kid thing. It's interchangeable with Zoro. It's just not as good as Zoro right now. Yeah. Zoro's the better red leader. In OPO1, I would have argued with you all day that Luffy was the better red leader. But right now, in this meta, with all the one drops and the the resources that Zoro's been given, mm-hmm. Luffy just can't hang. So I put it in, you know, playable but not competitive. Yeah, and you're essentially just swapping out the leader, and yep. like maybe you swa- swap out. You some swap of out the a cards. few cards. You'd probably add maybe. some of the chopper blockers back in. Like Zoro at the moment isn't really running any of those blockers. It's mm-hmm. just you know straight aggression. Uh, you know basically knocking at the door left mm-hmm. and right yeah. whereas luffy would have maybe some of those blockers back in there and it would maybe try and play a little more like board control and uh funny enough actually i ran the luffy deck that i won with um in opio one at uh the booster box when they were doing their pre-release tournament for opio two and i didn't do bad but i did not do great okay i went four and two and the only reason that this I, is uh the pre-release tournament this was the pre-release okay. tournament uh it was a it wasn't one of the um uh i'm trying to i'm forgetting the name of it but where you open up the packs and build your deck based sealed. off sealed thank yeah. you it wasn't a sealed tournament it was a constructed tournament so there were a lot of players that already had full OPO2 decks because they were able to get their boxes early. And I had none, but I was able to pick up a few Vistas from a friend and just throw those. Shout out uh, Taylor. Excuse me. Thank you, Taylor, for those. And um, I threw in a couple of Vistas to the deck to kind of like spruce some things up. And Mm -hmm. it it didn't do bad. It's just it it realistically no one knew what opo2 was yet and yeah and they were you know playing against me but i went four and two i didn't make top 10 or uh, top eight excuse me loser yeah i know i i, I, I think got, i got 11 i i top four that one um <laughs> Did i you? played yeah i just played straight up kaido from oh, opo one no changes and just um i was fortunate enough where i played the mirror three times oh yeah which is kind of crazy but that it's just kind, like that's kind of crazy. <laughs> and then like I was playing, um, just I, I was almost like playing like kings and uh, nine drop Kaido for like value, like just 
nine drop Kaido, yeah. no activation, go. Oh yeah. And just like, all right, this guy's about to come across the table and just start beating face. <laughs> um, and I even played a Kaido mirror in uh, top eight to make oh, wow. top four. Yeah. So that was pretty. Um, I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I played a single red deck. Um, I played. I think I played the law and a Um I'm trying to think what I lost to because I know I wasn't undefeated. Yeah. Oh, I did lose to uh, either a kid or Kinemaw. I lost to a green deck. Yeah. But then, like, I played against the law deck and crushed it. That's like, oh, man. That that's like the only good thing about playing Kaido is like you play against a good law player. It's like yeah, you're a good player, but this is a really bad matchup for you. No, like the seven drop uh, king is just such a blowout. But seven drop king does make make yeah. things absolutely. So insane. going back to this, like these are all decks. Like the Magellan decks, it's cute, but it's just in my opinion, I don't even think Magellan's playable. Like yeah, you can make a run at it. Tyler from our shop made a run with yeah. it, but I mean, it's just like. I, I agree. I'm going to let you know that I agree yeah. with you. I think it's playable. I don't think that it's it's really extremely competitive. But um, one of our, I mean, it's the, the tough part is is how can you say that when one of our uh, one of our locals um, uh, guys got top eight in the online regional with a Magellan deck that he built the night before. I mean, and he to be fair though. Early he, on in the meta. He is it is Not early on in the meta, but what he it was. is also a renowned Kaido player. Like he played Kaido essentially and Kid mm-hmm. through uh uh mostly Kid, but I will say like he started playing Kaido towards yeah. the end of OPO one and he was absolutely incredible with both of those. Yeah, and this is sort of where like my experience with magic and just being like I'm nowhere even close to being a professional magic player at my peak, but I, I was definitely a good magic player in the area, like one of the better ones. Mm. And um, did a lot of testing, built a lot of decks, definitely stayed up, like did all nighters in someone's house. Yeah. And just like played all sorts of different decks. And just like, there's some bad decks that just have like the nut draws and just get there. Yep. So, I mean, like, I'm not surprised that, I, mean, I guess I am a little surprised that a Magellan deck did top eight. Um, but with a good pilot and in the newer format, like a lot of questionable decks do yeah. can make a run for it in the new meta games. Yeah. Like OPO three, you got a fringe deck or something like that. That's a bunch of new cards. That might be the time to play it. It, right it might off, actually right off the rip <laughs> because people may not know how to play against it effectively. Yeah. And then the, the secret is like, it's almost like playing a combo deck in another format where it's just like, yeah, like they don't know what's going on when they're playing against it, but then mm. once it's known, you're like, okay, so I need to make sure to play around X, Y, and Z, and don't worry about A, B, and C. Right. Where when you're playing it and seeing it for the first time across the table from you, you're like, oh, like I don't know what I'm doing. I think killing this is going to be good, and not killing that, or not worrying about this. Where like when I played the actual character Magellan, if you ignore it. Like, if you don't kill it, like, it just doesn't do anything. It's yeah. a five-drop, 6K yeah. character. It's That's interesting it that you say that because I just uploaded a video today playing against Tyler and his Kaido, and mm-hmm. he was running the Magellan character in his, in his Kaido. And what did I do? I ignored it. Yeah. I ignored it the entire time. Yeah, I, I, I threw three in my Kaido deck, and I quickly, like, it was really good against Smoker, but then once they realized, like, once I realized that you you can just ignore it it's just like all right like the card's not really that great it's nice to have a beef 
mm. stick that can sort of get in there. Yeah. But then it's just like they're never attacking it. Yeah. And if they're attacking it, that's because they're about to die and they can sort of afford losing two dogs. Sure. I guess so. that's where the trade-off of, you know, like, would you would you say that's where the value comes from the card, though, is that it's not dying, so you're getting a 6K swing each turn? I mean, I almost want to, if I'm playing a Magellan deck or if I'm playing, like, four Magellans, mm -hmm. I almost want to play a bunch of early drops as well yeah. just so I can start KOing them myself. Yeah. Because, like, if you can KO your own Magellans, that's where the effect is going to, like, oh, you just minus three Dawn within, like, three turns or two <laughs> turns. And then if you follow it up with another Magellan, like all of a sudden, like you can't know Magellan for Magellan, then it's like, oh, that's just a four dawn swing right there that you took over like, you know, a couple turns. Oh, you know what's, you know what I just thought about? It was, it would have been really neat. It would have been a really neat idea, but it's, uh, it, I remembered that the card says opponents, um, was I was thinking, what, if, what if you played, uh, Magellan down and then played Sakazuki the following turn and KO'd your own Magellan after you swung at their leader? <laughs> and then they just lose <laughs> but but then i re yeah. i remembered i was yeah. like oh it's opponent's card yeah not not any card because mm -hmm. that actually would have been quite a quite an interesting yeah. play <laughs> no that it's really it's a good thing that they don't um they worded those things correctly even though i heard a translation from yeah. japanese and american has been an issue in a couple of places like uh, yeah. i think five drop law yeah a lot of those erotic cards which I don't think that needed routed, but like if you're taking the card word for word, yeah, then it's like okay, yeah, you're you just gonna have people of... that are gonna be very specific yeah. about it, and they're gonna get and upset. It, it, it's always better just to clear things up. Oh, 100 percent. Like yeah. as someone, like I've been playing card games for 25 years now, so it's just like I sort of took it as it, like okay, this is what it's meant to be. Yeah, like the wording on it's kind of crappy or not great, but then all of a sudden it's just like oh, they. I just found out yesterday or a couple of days ago that they rotted it and a couple other cards too. And I was like, Oh, yep. that's pretty cool. That's good that they're actually like being active or proactive. About oh, absolutely. Stuff. So yeah. So that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, we're not going to talk about anything else because uh, we feel like everything else is just a super, super fringe deck where it's just like, yeah, you can make a good run in it. You if can you, beat your friends at locals with it. Maybe, but don't be discouraged. <laughs> like if you believe something's good and you have a glimmer of hope. The key is to test. Play against Zoro decks. Play against Strawbeards, Kinemon Laws. Just play against everything, and then just know what's good and what's bad, and then yeah. adjust your deck and adjust your playstyle for different matchups. Because you can you can make a good run with like a Croc or a Blurple Blue Blue uh, Purple Kaido or something. Yeah, because people don't play against it that often so you just might throw them through a loop where it's just like oh man i don't know how to play against this yeah like he's doing two different things at once and it's just like that's where i, I sort of think the the random z decks that sort of top eight or top yeah. 16 they they sort of get their edge because you don't see them as well but also if you draw pretty well with z that's what in, I said. in sequence like i said it, yeah, that's it what sort I said. of feels hard to beat where i put like, it in competitive for a reason it's a yeah. it's an interesting deck. It's just I, it doesn't it doesn't beat the top four, but I tell you what, it is an interesting deck. If you get that ten mm -hmm. drop down, it becomes scary. Yeah, yeah it it definitely is. Um, it I and that's why on your list, like it's the very bottom of your playable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, put it as the last. Yeah. Of, of the which makes sense, and I put it in Kaido just because it feels like a draw dependent one, so that mm -hmm. makes sense. Okay, well, again, guys, this is the ten drop podcast. I do appreciate y'all listening to us wherever you find this 
podcast, either on Spotify, iTunes, or even uh, YouTube. I might upload it there. Definitely give us a like, give us a subscribe, follow, uh, leave a comment, rating. We do appreciate all the feedback. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. The Booster Box is a local Virginia Beach card shop for us that plays some of the bigger tournaments around here for One Piece. We've gotten 50, 60 people yeah. a couple times, and we're looking to Almost do Almost 70 on one of them. Yeah, I think we're giving away a case to the top eight. Yeah. Um, and we're looking to do bigger ones here, and they're working with us and hooking us up with the, the code. So the website is shop.theboosterbox.gg. The 10% code is 10DROP, 10DROP. Uh, do you have anything else to say? I would say that this was a great first episode, and there will be a lot more to look forward to, guys. So yeah, if you're excited about One Piece, you're excited about the TCG and the growth of some of these meta decks, but also some of these really unique styles of play that people are going to be using and, and uh, demonstrating at some of these bigger tournaments, uh, we'll be talking about it here. So yeah. thanks for tuning in. We definitely have a lot of tournaments coming up and a lot more things to talk about every week. So definitely look forward to it. If you're looking to become better or something like that, feel free to ask us a question. Reach out to us. Like I said, um, I have a Twitter handle. Fear underscore these underscore is my Twitter handle. Do you have Twitter? I do. I have the Luffy TV. Yep. Nice. The Luffy TV. It's just exactly like my Twitch. It's. I was going to go with that for my uh, essentially my name on everything. Mm -hmm. And then I realized somebody had taken it on YouTube. So I had to go the Luffy uh, TCG. <laughs> okay, so that's where I was mixing it up because I was yeah. always saying TCG and um, someone corrected me. I'm like, no, nah, I could have sworn it. And I looked up your yeah. YouTube and it's like, yeah. It is TCG. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You weren't wrong. <laughs> it's just uh, unfortunately swapped for and the... Uh, also be on the lookout for our new website, turn1tcg.com. Yes. That's where we're going to be writing articles, yep. metagame breakdowns, card breakdowns, play breakdowns, videos. Videos, all that good stuff. Uh, this podcast is going to be posted on as well so for ian my name is charles have a great day later